Hello and welcome to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Dragone, and today I have with me, as always, Father Andy Boyd. How you doing, Andy? As always, doing fine. How about you, Vince? Very good. Uh, today, I think we're just going to hop right into it. Today, we're talking about confession. Ah, what a good topic. So timely. It's important that we pay attention to this topic. I, I think any time of the year, we should be paying attention Absolutely. and going to confession. So, um for everyone who is not Catholic or for anyone who is Catholic and doesn't quite understand or it's been a while, what is confession? Why do we need it? Very good questions. Very good questions. So, confession. It's not the act of telling the priest our sins. It's the act of coming before God in the person of the priest. Remember, we talk about the priest at the Eucharist. So in our past uh podcast we talked about the eucharist a lot you know we did a whole podcast on it and we talked about the fact that the priest is in the person of christ in persona christi so in the person of christ we say things to the priest like the lord the priest will say to us the lord be with you and then everybody responds back and with your spirit so we're recognizing that the priest is in the person of Christ. He has the Spirit of God within him in a special way. I'm not saying that we don't all have God within us, but in a special way. There is in the sacrament of ordination, when we talk about that sacrament one day, I hope, because I, you know, got to talk about me. It's all about me. Um, I guess I better. The most to, humble guy I know. Hey, I might have to go to confession after this one myself. But when we come before the priest through the his ordination, he becomes a another another christ when he's working as a priest and so he receives an indelible mark upon his soul so when we're coming before the priest in the sacrament of reconciliation we are not coming before just a man we're coming before a man who has been trained by the church has been studied by the church who has taken much of his life to pray about this vocation who has should should have love compassion mercy forgiveness in his heart and so he comes before the penitent as an image of christ so that the person can come to terms with their sins to confess them before god and to receive god's mercy in the absolution of their sins so it's a lot of information there but the biggest thing is is that when we go to the sacrament of reconciliation, yes, there is a man before us, but he is in the person of Christ who should, through faith, have a heart like Christ to give us the mercy that Christ commanded his apostles and his priests to give. So why can't I just go straight to God and just in prayer confess my sins? Why do I have to go to a priest? Well... Because, as we talked about in the Eucharist, being the Eucharist is very biblical, Jesus told us exactly what we need to do. Oh, I think I know what you're talking yes. about. Yes, and would you read us that little sure. passage there? Uh, John uh, chapter 20, 22 to 23. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you give the sins forgive. of... If you, I'm sorry. That's if you forgive right. the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any... They are retained. So Jesus says it right there. Jesus says it right there. When he is talking, this is right then, he is talking to Peter. In that passage in the Gospel of John, he is talking to Peter, his first pontiff. So the first one that is the vicar of Christ on earth. He is talking to Peter as well as the rest of the apostles. Yep. And he says them very clearly. If you forgive them, they're forgiven. If you retain them, they're retained. That's the important part here is that God specifically through Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is God, remember, for anybody that doesn't want to believe that, Jesus is God. Uh, not just because um, Kanye West said so, Jesus is king. He always has been king. He always will be king. Yes, I use that in my homily on Christ the King Sunday and everybody gave the same chuckle. But the point is, is that it's not just because Kanye West said so. Jesus is king and he is God. And he says very clearly here, forgive the, if you forgive the sins, they are forgiven. So he is given the power to forgive sins of, uh, to the apostles. And the apostles 
being the first bishops, then went out and ordained priests and deacons and specifically gave it to the priests. Yep. I guess if our salvation was contingent upon nothing other than verbal profession of faith, then there really is uh, no reason why Jesus would have given permission given the ability to retain right. for to forgive and retain sins. Right. It's the same idea as when we talked about the Eucharist. You know, Jesus doesn't just say things for the heck of it. You right. know, when God's talking, he doesn't just say things because he wants to uh, hear himself talk. Yeah, exactly. God when God says something there's a reason. He specifically said, this is my body, this is my blood. Here again, once again, we believe the Eucharist. We believe that it truly is his body, blood, soul, and divinity. Here again, we hear him say to us, if you forgive the sins, they are forgiven. And so we are, as the priests, we are told, we are told over and over again, we must hear someone's confession. For instance, if I'm walking down the street, and let's say, Vince, you and I, after we were done with our lunch today, we're walking down the street, and someone stopped me and said, Father, would you hear my confession? Unless there is a good reason why I can't hear his confession, I have to hear his confession. I have to hear that person's confession. Doesn't matter. Unless I am dying myself, even then I should probably stop and try to hear their confession. It is told to us that is our first job is to be the ministers of mercy. And the sacrament of reconciliation is where we experience the mercy of God. My car's not the one beeping out there, is it? Shouldn't be. No, it's it's okay. the it's the grocery store down oh, the street. Oh, good. Okay, I thought maybe someone was breaking into my no, car. No, no. Uh, so yes, reconciliation is biblical. It's not something that the Catholic Church made up. No, and it's you know it has changed over the years. Its understanding has changed over the years, specifically on how it's to be practiced. And we'll get into all those fun little details in a minute. Yeah, sure. Um. This wasn't in my notes, and I don't know why it wasn't, and uh, I would like you to at least talk about it. Is hey, can, a, can a priest go and tell other people whatever I told – if I go to confession with you and I talk about something that I, you know, I find very personal, I'm very, very sorry that I did it, uh, and you know, maybe I cheated on my wife or something like that. Yeah. Can you go to the bar and start Absolutely telling other not. people? I cannot tell a soul what I hear in the sacrament of reconciliation. doesn't matter who it is. I, if I'm pulled into trial, if I'm told that I have to uh, go on trial for, if let's say I was told by, um, I don't know, let's think of a mass murderer. I don't know. Um, Jeez, now I can't, I can't even, even think, think of, any, of no. any. I watch all those true crime right. <laughs> shows and I can't think of any. But let's say a mass murderer came into me and said, Father, I'm the murderer. I murdered all those people. Please forgive me. In the sacrament of reconciliation, there's a difference. Here's the difference. If you just came into my office and said, I committed murder and I killed all these people, but you didn't say to me, you want to go to confession first, yes, I could then tell people and I, I have a requirement to say something. But but if you came into me and said, Father, I need to go to confession, and I started in confession with you, and I, we started with the sign of the cross and we went through the confession, I can't tell a soul. I could never tell anybody. Even if I was subpoenaed to go to court, I couldn't say anything. That is the seal of confession. It stays between you and God. So yes, I as a human being know because I am a human being, but I will tell you this, and I guarantee you majority of my priest brothers, with a few exceptions, will probably tell you, not the priests, but with a few exceptions of situations in their life, will tell you that they don't remember a single confession they've ever heard. And it's not this pietistic thing of like, oh, you know, isn't he so wonderful? He just, God just takes away from, no, no, no. I legitimately, you hear the same thing over and over again. And it's, and I don't mean to sound like I'm uh, bitter or anything about it. It's not. I love it. I think the sacrament of reconciliation is one of my favorite sacraments to be able to minister to people, especially when they're on their deathbed. It's just, it's beautiful. It's mm -hmm. beautiful to see people who, specifically when we're talking about death, you can see a difference in the person if they have come to peace with all of their faults and failures and those who have not. The ones who haven't are the ones that wrestle, wrestle with death and are very not at peace. But, you know, I've been at the bedside of four people who I have had the opportunity to walk through the process of death and dying. And yes, they've gone through with hospice and other things like that. But the point is, is that I've been there with them. And as the minister of the faith, as the one in the faith, when they go to the sacrament of reconciliation 
and they just let it all go, it truly is just a wonderful experience. And there's peace, not only for them, but the family, everybody in the room. Now, here's the other thing. I'm not hearing their confession with other people in the room. It's just me and the person. Sure. But still, that, that <clears throat> peace that comes upon the person truly changes the feeling in the room. That same feeling of peace is also the feeling, at least in my experience so far, and I've only been a priest now for a little over a year, but it doesn't matter who it is that comes into the confessional. If they truly receive the sacrament of reconciliation, if they truly participate in that sacrament, truly tell all of their sins and truly give their heart entirely to Christ in that moment, it changes everything. And the peace that comes over that room. I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say to me in the confessional, I haven't told anybody this. I could never tell anybody this. And the tears start flowing and there is just peace. It's beautiful. I mean, I can, just from personal experience, I can tell you, you know, I have a very, yeah, I, it weighs on me yeah. if I'm in a state of mortal sin. And especially during Sunday Mass or any Mass, really, I can't go up to uh, to get communion. Yeah. So I stand there and watch everyone else do it, and I, I desire it. Yeah. And when I finally do go to confession, it just this great weight has been lifted off of me. Uh, and it, it really feels, it's a sense of peace. Um, and uh, I guess another thing uh, related to that, and I was going to say this to later, but um, one thing I've noticed is if you go to confession, say you have a habitual sin. Yeah. If you go to the same priest over and over again, even though he may not remember, you remember that you told him. Yeah. And you don't want to keep telling him that you keep falling down that path. Yeah. And it almost creates a sense of accountability for yourself. Exactly. And so I always, I, I, I try to go to the same, I was really a couple of priests that I go to uh, on a regular basis. But um, especially if I find myself in habitual sin, I'll try to go to that same priest. Sure. Because I don't want to confess that right. again to him. Right. And make it look like I fell because it's also... You know, to me, like I need to, I need to work on this, and it, yeah. it tells me that, like, if I were to just go to a different priest every single time, You're to me, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm hiding. You're running exactly. away from the reality, exactly. and that is important that we pay attention to those things because, um, you know, it's so easy to hide from our sins. It's, it's really, it really is easy. Mm -hmm. You can sweep them under the rug and never pay attention to them. The other, on the opposite end of it, is that. Um, and I'm not accusing you of this because I, I agree with you 100%. We need accountability. But we also have to be careful that we don't flip to the other side of the coin of the pride. Oh, I yes. don't want to fall into the sin again. Right. Therefore, I'm going to just you know, either ignore it or pretend it's not a problem. You know, Someone once said to me, and I, I think it's funny, because they said, Oh, Father, I just keep telling you the same sins over and over again. And I said... Yeah, I'd be more worried if you came in and said, "Oh, Father, I got a new one for you." What do you mean we got a new one? What do you mean I gotta do? We gotta do something more to get rid of another sin. Like, what did you do this time? I'd rather. I honestly would rather hear you say, "Father, I keep failing," and hearing because here's the thing: when we fail and we know we failed as in our sins, you know, and how we've made a mistake, but then I get to hear you come in the confessional and tell me this. But there's always if you're truly trying hard not to do it there's always a light in there like okay yes you messed up yes you 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 failed at this but guess what you're not a complete failure because here you are you're sitting here in confession looking for mercy from god yes you recognize that you keep falling and you don't want to do this but do you see it's been four weeks since i last saw you and you're only telling me you fell into this sin once or twice whereas it like five months ago it was every day mm -hmm. like th th there's growth there's personal growth we are not perfect we will not be perfect on this side of eternity no and won't. so if we can see in personal growth so yes you know your sins as a person we know our sins better and we do a darn good job of beating ourselves up but when you come to confession it gives us as a priest an opportunity if you keep coming to the same priest especially if you take the time, if the pre, if your priest or a priest that you visit with has time to do spiritual direction in addition to the sacrament of reconciliation, which we talked a bit about spiritual direction in another podcast, whether that's being released later or soon, I don't know. You'll hear about it if you haven't heard about it already. Point is, is that if you can connect spiritual direction and confession, you can start to pinpoint those stressors in your life so that you can make the change that needs to happen. 
And it's so important because, like I said, I don't want to hear you say, oh, Father, I got a new one for you today. No, 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 <laughs> not good, not good. Don't do it. So um, what's the difference between venial and mortal sin? So we hear about those types of sins a lot. Um, we hear about the, the church saying, oh, you know, venial versus mortal. And, and they're important <clears throat> distinctions. They really are. And I'm not trying to lessen them. <clears throat> but the first thing we have to understand is a sin is a sin is a sin. So whatever it is, it cuts us off from God in some way. Right. Right. And so, you know, God, Jesus doesn't, when he's talking about the sins a lot in scripture, he doesn't really make a difference. But here's the reason why we have a difference. Because some things we do constantly, and it's not to lessen their impact. Because like, like I said, it's a sin. It's still a sin. But it's not something that is going to cause death. So let's go straight to the mortal. Mortal is something that, you know, mortal, What that word, it it's, it's, doesn't sound nice because it has to do with death. When we have a mortal sin on our souls, it is something that is causing death to our souls and it's reminding us of our mortality so we need to get it off of our soul so a mortal sin is something that is gravely wrong and when you commit a mortal sin you have to know it's wrong it has to be something that is a serious issue and even knowing that it's wrong and knowing that it's a serious issue you still free will choose to do it anyway now we could do a whole podcast on sins specifically and we will but the point is is that we can't you, you have to be very careful about judging this judging sins you know the church has always said things along the lines of we judge the sins, not the person. That's the key. We have to keep those two separate. We pay attention to the sins. The church gives a definitive line, a definitive mark for certain things. And the one that I'm beating around the bush, I'm just going to say it is suicide. Because that's often what I hear is that person is that person in hell because they committed suicide. It's a mortal sin. Suicide is a mortal sin. But remember, there are three requirements. You have to know that it's wrong you have to freely choose to do it and you have to uh, even though you know it's wrong and you're not being forced into it you have to go through with it anyway and and the biggest thing is is that and it has to be a grave matter and that is a grave matter because life is sacred you know one of the things that we always pray for is a protection of life from conception through natural death we're praying for that because life is so important and so we need to remember that. And when it comes to suicide, here's where the key is, because a lot of people get very worried about this. We can't judge in a broad sweeping case of every situation. But when you look at it, majority of the times that someone commits that very, very sad act is because of depression. And do they really understand what they're doing? Or is it just a reaction, a reaction to a situation that they find themselves in? So is that person in hell? I would pray that God would not have that sort of anger towards his people, especially when they're depressed. You, I don't know about you, but I've seen many people who are true state of depression. They don't completely know what they're doing. Right. They don't know what's going on. All they want is an escape. And that escape... Sometimes is ending their own life. And it's sad. <clears throat> and so, you know, not to cause this whole podcast beyond the say you know suicide but it's something that i hope and pray that people can reach out for reach out to those areas that if they need help and if anybody is listening to this and feels this way you know we have all of the suicide lines on our website so if you need help if you need help just call any of those numbers you know our number is strictly for leaving a voicemail so please don't call that expecting someone to answer it but if you need help, there are people that love you and care about you and you don't even know them. And it's okay. That's a good thing. And so just reach out. We reach out and we'll get you the help that you need. So when it comes to mortal and venial, the whole point is, is that it has to be something that is serious. Abortion, murder, uh, suicide, masturbation, pornography, 
Why those last two? Because they are objectification of a um, very good of a good that is reserved for marriage. You know, uh, you have a lot of things that can become mortal sins. So venial telling a lie. But what if that lie caused someone else to die? Mm-hmm. You know, then that can become a mortal sin. Right. So there's these lines. I was gonna I was gonna put together a game at the end where it would be venial or mortal. But then I started to think about it. I'm like, well, it could be either depending on the circumstance. Exactly. And that's why, you know, you have certain, you can't, I can't really give you a list of venial right. sins. There's, right. Because it depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, this is a great story. I can't remember which bishop said it. Um, I, I want to say it was um, Fulton Sheen, Bishop Fulton Sheen, that said, hearing the confessions of nuns is like being pelted to death by popcorn. Pop popcorn. <laughs> And, and the reason why that's so funny is because the things that they are so worried about, which could be a mortal sin for them, is in fact not that big of a deal in, in perspective. But if, if you're a, uh, living in a convent uh, like of, of uh, cloistered Carmelites, your experience of the world is going to be a lot different than uh, the murderer coming in off the street. Not that I have ever experienced that or ever want to experience that, but, you know, so – it's a beautiful thing to understand that not everybody's confession is going to be the same because it's and it's not about the fact that you should you should come to confession so that you can come up with all these crazy sins or stories no 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 we come so that we can receive the mercy of god and so that's why we come to confession is to be forgiven of our sins to receive his mercy to then be able to give that mercy back out to others and to continue on our journey towards sanctity towards sainthood which is what we're all called to do. What happens if you die in a state of mortal sin? If you die in a state of mortal sin and you are, are not given last rites, which the church now calls anointing of the sick. So a lot of the times when I'm called to the hospital, someone is actively dying. And if they are not able to give their um, confession, one of the uh, two sacraments of healing is reconciliation, which we're talking about, and the other one is anointing of the sick. So when I go to the hospital, I anoint the person. I also have been given the permission, not just me, but any priest has the permission to grant the apostolic pardon. The apostolic pardon is specifically an indulgence given to those dying. And the indulgence is that they would be forgiven of their sins. I'm going to look it up real quick. Because it's important. Because if the... Uh, if any priest doesn't know that they can give the apostolic pardon, then they really should carry it with them. I always I keep a copy of it in my on my cell phone, and I keep a copy of it in my anointing kit. And it's through the whole um, by the authority which the apostolic see, so the Vatican has given to me through my ordination. I grant you grant you a full pardon and a remission of all of your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's not just that's not just nice words. And yes, we don't sell indulgences. That's wrong. But by the authority given the apostolic see, given to me as a priest, I have the authority to grant a full pardon and remission of all of the sins of someone who's dying. That's very cool. I didn't know that was a thing. And this is this is only that is able to be done in conjunction with viaticum. So okay. viaticum, it's the old understanding of anointing of the sick as someone's dying we still believe in viaticum and what viaticum means is food for the journey and it's supposed to be in conjunction with you're supposed to go to the sacrament reconciliation you're supposed to receive communion and then you're supposed uh, excuse me you're supposed to go to reconciliation anointing receive communion and then you can get the apostolic pardon it doesn't always work like that and majority of the times when i'm getting called into someone's home it's the person is actively dying they are they are physically alive. We don't know how mentally alive they are. But physically, they're still alive. The heart's beating. They're still living. And so I anoint them. And the anointing prayer for the forehead is, through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. And then for each of the palms of the hands, the priest says, um, through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord who frees you from your sins save you and raise you up. Amen. And so those two prayers put together 
and then I'll end up saying the apostolic pardon. And usually I'll whisper in the person's ear if they're actively dying, tell God your sins now. And usually when I speak into their ear, whether it's a reaction because I'm close to their ear and they feel the warmth of my breath or they can hear it and it's vibrating their eardrum just right, but usually their eyes squint really hard and they sometimes if their hands are still working, they grasp your hand, they pull, they know, they know. Because the first thing I do when I go into the room when someone's dying is I say, I am Father Andy. I am your priest. I am here to anoint you. Do you understand? And if they can understand, usually they give me some sort of recognition. I then anoint them. I give them the apostolic pardon. Tell God you're sorry. Tell him your sins now. And usually it's just in that moment, the eyes squint, the hands scrunch. It's that forgiveness of sins. And so that's the point. Here's the thing. We're talking about the two sacraments of healing in this moment right now. But we can get this while we're alive. Every time we come to the sacrament of reconciliation, we can get full forgiveness of all of our sins. Every time we go to the sacrament of reconciliation, it's not something we need to wait for until we're on our deathbed. We need to do it now. We need to do it often. We need to be, I always tell people, you need to go to confession at least once a month. Mm -hmm. At least once a month. A lot of people look at me like I have two heads, but it's important. I go every other week. I know I'm a sinner. I'm a bad sinner and, and I'm a priest. And if I have to give out the sacraments, I need to be, granted, there are things that allow me to continue to be a priest. Even if I do commit a sin, I can still do the sacraments and all those things. But I want to try to be the best priest that I can and give sure. a good example. So I need to go to confession often, and I do, because I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a horrible sinner. I'm one of the worst. And so we, uh, I encourage everybody to go, priests alike, that we all go at least once a month. Not just the twice a year when our parishes hold penance services. Yeah, find out whenever uh, your local parish has penance. Usually it's... Uh once a week, if not more. And then typically by appointment, Absolutely. I've never heard of a place yeah. that would say, no, no, you have to go on Saturday at, at 2 p.m. to 2.05 p.m. <laughs> I know someone that said to me recently, Father, if you had confessions on X day at X time, I would be there. And I said, well, why don't you, why didn't you tell me that? Well, what do you mean? I said, call me. I don't care. Set up an appointment. I, I, I don't care if you want to have a running meeting every month at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday night once a month that you're going to come to, to confession. I would much rather have that yep. than you never get to the sacrament of reconciliation. Yep. Don't let times be your excuse. Some priest somewhere will hear your confession. Even if your parish priest won't, find a priest. They will hear your confession. And my brothers, if you are not offering the sacrament of reconciliation, if you're listening to this, if any priest is listening to this, and you're not offering the sacrament of reconciliation, please find in your heart to change that. Offer it as often as you possibly can. One of my best friends that's a priest offers it every day after daily mass. I know that's not always possible for us, but it is so necessary, especially for young people who are working, who have a family, can't always get their Saturday night. Offer it more than just Saturday night. I think whenever I look at a priest, I, I feel like that's one of the most amazing things that you can do. Yeah. I and I really look up to you guys for that. And and I'm so grateful that, you know, that's one of the sacraments that we have. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. So what if someone's embarrassed and deliberately withholds a mortal sin uh, from a priest in confession because they're too embarrassed to bring it up. Then none of their sins are forgiven. Nothing is forgiven. It's, you know, when you withhold something from a priest, it is as if nothing happened because you are lying within the sacrament. You can't be forgiven of a sin without telling it. And then if you deliberately withhold it, there's a difference between deliberately withholding information and forgetting. I was say, because that's my next question. What happens if you forget after your, after confession, you think of a sin that you forgot to confess? What happens then? It, you, you're forgiven of it. Unless you like say, uh, like, uh, you know, you're going to 
that see that's where the whole deliberate versus forgetfulness. Sure. I, I mean, I forget all the time. I'm, I'm a forgetful person. I forget my name when I wake up sometimes in the morning. It's life. But the point is that if you are deliberately withholding it, you're not forgiven of anything. If you forget because in the moment you're nervous or you're scared or whatever it might be, and you legitimately forget, and you say, oh, darn it, I wanted to tell the priest that. I wanted to confess that. You're forgiven of that. You're forgiven of that. One of the things about the sacrament of reconciliation that is always told to people that we should uh, have a, as a part of it is we should say, and any of the sins that I forget, you know, because the whole important thing is that we would be able to completely, as best as possible, confess our sins. And sometimes, like I said before, we forget. I know I'm forgetful. And so sometimes we forget to mention a sin, but we are forgiven of that sin if we do not, uh, you know, ignore that with you know if we don't deliberately try to ignore it or get away from it it is something that we need to do our best to try to avoid is forgetting but it's life i mean i don't know if everybody remembers everything from all the time if you did god bless you sometimes we need to forget certain things but in the same breath if we deliberately withhold it that's when it becomes a problem uh so uh can someone in the state of mortal sin, receive communion? No. No. The person that is within the state of mortal sin needs to uh, go to the sacrament of reconciliation. Now, remember, the key part about mortal sin is you have to know it's a mortal sin. Sure. And you have to know it's something that is, is gravely wrong. You know, you can't. I can't give you a list of venial sins, but I can easily give you a list of mortal sins. And, and I already have so far on the of the podcast there are certain sins that are are just because of their nature a mortal sin but there are certain sins that you, you just you're not sure and and that's because was that really wrong well i lied but why did i lie well you know for instance lying we can't just say lying is automatically uh, a sin because and this is the this is what we use in seminary, and this is what we use when we talk about the sacrament reconciliation, because it it paints a good picture. Let's say that you are alive in World War II, during World War II, and you are living over in Nazi occupied Germany, okay, and you are housing Jews in your attic, and the Gestapo comes in and says to you, "Are you harboring Jews?" Remember, you're not allowed to lie because it's sin. What do you do? Well, knowing that... <laughs> All right, so I'm going to mess you up here. Knowing that what the Nazis think about the Jews and knowing that I don't want to lie because I don't want to sin, I may say, I don't have any vermin living in my house. <laughs> okay, that is good. Because it's not a lie. Well... And it's not so much that you have to worry about it being a lie or not. Here's the reason why answering I am not, I do not. Sure. That's if not I happening. just said, no, I do not have any Jews in the house, I would be lying. But is that a sin? It depends. If you it's really not. look into, if you look into, I don't know. It's if you look not, at St. Thomas Aquinas, I think would define that as Here's the reason why. And Matt Frad goes into this a lot and there's, he's got a lot of ones on this and and I've wrestled with it as well. Same with undercover police officers. Technically, it could be sinful. But here's, here's the, the using the going back to our story about the uh, harboring Jews in Nazi Germany. Um, lying is the, the the sin of lying is telling a falsehood to a legitimate authority. Yes. Okay. And so that's the key difference. If you if your mom comes in, let's say you're back in grade school or children, if you're listening. If your mother or father say to you, did you do your homework and you say, yeah, I did it and you really didn't, yeah, that's a lie. That's a legitimate authority that deserves to have the truth. But the Nazi Gestapo is not a legitimate authority because they are not working towards peace and justice. They are working towards destruction and turmoil and sadness and depression. So no, they're not a legitimate authority that deserves to know the truth. 
I yeah, I still don't know. I th- I think it would still be lying. I don't. I it's a tough it's one. It's lying. Me. So that's why I was going to use a different word, something that well, even well, though I don't believe that they're you know vermin, but I know they think that. So at least use I well, guess maybe deception in a way them. that is so the still question not lying. is not so much is it lying because it is we agree it's lying I agree with you it's lying <clears> but <throat> is it a sin? The key here is it's not because they are not a legitimate authority that deserves to know the truth. I don't know. I still don't know about that one. We may disagree on that one. We have to agree to disagree. I, 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 I don't know. I struggle with that. It's not a sin. I can tell you this. It's okay. not a sin. Because if you are withholding the truth from a an authority that is not legitimate, that is not there to promote. Where does it? Where are we getting that has to be an authority? Vatican II. Vatican II. Or no, excuse, uh, not Vatican II. Excuse me. Um, Catechism of the Catholic Church. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, exactly we're going to have to. But I, I can put, tell can you. We put that in the show notes. Can we look it up? Yeah, put it in the show notes. We'll I'm, I'm interested. But when it comes to the sacrament of reconciliation, if it's not a lie, if um, it's it's a lie, yes, you're lying. But the point is, is that is it sinful? You have to because sometimes you have to. There's certain things you have to do uh, in life to protect yourself and sure, others. Sure, I right? understand. For instance, I totally understand. Okay, here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another situation, and then we'll move on. But here's another situation. Let's say you are. Um, Let's say someone comes into this room, okay, with a gun right now. Someone breaks into the, my rectory with a gun and um, is pointing at you. Are, and you have, let's say you're, you have your concealed carry on you, so you're carrying your gun and it's yeah. with you. Right and hey, look at that. And then <laughs> you shoot them, okay? Uh-huh. Have you murdered someone? Uh, no, it's homicide, but it's not murder. There's the, see, there's the difference. It, it's acting in self-defense. Is it still a sin? Is it a sin? Were you... What? At that point in time, no. Exactly. Get that? Does that I make see. sense? I see. Same idea with lying. Same idea with lying. He was an unjust aggressor attacking against you. Your life is just as important as his life. But your life is also important in the fact that I don't have my concealed carry on me. I don't have a gun on me. I don't have a gun in this house. I have no way to protect myself. If you shot him, you were protecting not only yourself but me. It's not that you are shooting him deliberately to kill him. You are you are attack. You're you know shooting him Stopping to protect threat. exactly. Yes. So same idea with the whole lying thing. Is it really a sin? Is it really something that? Uh, you, you, it, that's why I can tell you a list of mortal sins. I can't tell you a list of venial sins because it depends on the situation. It depends on the situation. All right, all right. I guess uh, let's move on down the list here. Got a whole list of questions. Uh, let's see. So we just, uh, we talked about uh, receiving communion. So, all right. Didn't Christ die for our sins already? And if so, aren't we just saved by believing in this? So we have to have the faith. We have to have faith. Absolutely. But we still commit sins. You know, we're not just because I say I believe doesn't mean that I'm perfect. Right. And so um, faith in his death is important. But he also told us as we hear in the scripture, that we need to uh, be forgiven of our sins. And he said to the apostles specifically, forgive their sins, you know, hear their sins. Anybody whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. And so, you know, it's important that we recognize in that moment that we can't just assume that we're going to be made perfect as soon as I believe in Jesus Christ. That it doesn't work that way, right? We, we still fall into sin. And so, yes, believing is important. Having faith in God, having faith, having faith in his mercy. And how is it that he gives us his mercy? By the forgiveness of our sins. How does he forgive us of our sins? Through the priest and the sacrament of reconciliation. That's where we have to have the faith. It's not having faith in the fact that God is merciful, I believe that. Sure. But I have faith that through the words of the priest, which we'll hear in a little bit for anybody that's a little scared of it, through those words, when the priest says to me, I absolve you, that truly in the faith of God, in my faith in God, he forgives me of my sins because I am I am seeking his mercy. I am a repentant sinner. I am someone who needs his love. And the only way that I can get through to get that mercy in that moment is through the way that he told me. And the way that he tells us in scripture, we've heard already. And he says that to the apostles and he says that to his priests. 
Oh, I lost my spot. Oh, yes. So it's not faith alone. It's not faith alone that saves us. Right. We have, you know, we can still lose our salvation after baptism. Absolutely. We don't believe as a Catholic that as soon as you're baptized, as soon as you accept that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, uh, that you are saved yeah. for that for, for that you can lose salvation and i think that's 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 something that there's a lot of other protestants that believe that along with us uh, that you you can still lose it but i we're the only ones that to my knowledge that uh really have confession and hear confessions for the most part I th- yeah there are some i think lutherans might do some lutherans depending on which um congregation of the lutherans you belong to some will have um, general confession and others will have individual confessions depending there's also the anglicans as we've talked before anglicans are really would consider themselves catholic um the, a lot of them have the sacrament of reconciliation oh, do they? Okay. um but it it depends you know it depends if you talk to the methodists no no or or anybody that believes in predestination Oh yes. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. You 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 know, that's Calvin, Calvinist, Calvinist right? any Calvinists. Yeah. So you get into um anybody that believes that, you know, doesn't matter what you do. It's yeah, some so people are from the moment they're born are destined for hell. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So therefore, you know, why have confession? Right. <laughs> but then that leads me to another question for another day is, well then why in the world would I go to church or waste my time with any of this anyway? Right. If I'm going to be destined for heaven, might as well go to heaven. If I'm destined for hell, might as well just you know go to hell. Yeah, that's all the understand. fun things all the way through. Well, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, I digress. <clears throat> all right, so uh, say it's been many years since someone's last confession, and maybe they forget how to do it. What are some steps that they can take to one to prepare themselves for confession, and then once they enter the confessional, what should they do? Well, how about this? How about we? go through this a little bit and let's do a mock confession not a real one you're not actually telling me your sins uh i won't i'll say all the words that i normally would say but i won't it won't be a real confession since all of our viewers and listeners get to hear it sure okay. so i want you to pretend that it's been and i can't tell you how many times i've experienced this and it's an amazing experience most of the time when it's been a situation where it's been six plus years someone's hasn't gone to confession even one plus year anybody that hasn't gone to confession in a while it's truly an interesting experience. So you you decide, you come up with your role, your whatever you want to be. So pretend you're coming into the confessional. What's the first thing you're going to do? What do you think? Good morning, Father. How's it going? Good and you? I'm doing all right. Just uh, saw that you guys had some new confession times, and I uh, happen to be on lunch right now, so I decided I'd come in and get my confession done. It's been a long time. It's all right. It's all right. Do you need any help? Uh, yes. Almost See, right definitely. there. So that's the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the person, do you need any help? And sometimes they'll say to me, um, yeah, or they'll say, no, no, I, I think I know what I'm doing. And usually they don't, or they're just not sure what to say. I say, okay, let's start with this way. Let's begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then I'll say, okay, when was the last time you went to confession? It's been 12 years. 12 years. Okay. Now, over the last 12 years there's probably been a lot of things that have happened in your life right now. I want you to tell God the sins on your heart that you are looking for forgiveness for. What are the major sins on your heart right now that you wish to tell God the major sins in your heart you wish to tell God. Now there's a reason why I'm doing this for all my priest friends that are um, thinking, oh, wait a minute, he's not actually letting them tell all their sins, or maybe he's going to give them an ex- excuse out of something. Just wait. So what are the major sins on your heart you wish to tell God? Well, about five years ago in a bar, I stabbed somebody okay. and ran away. Uh, I think the guy died, uh, and I've always felt pretty bad about it. Um, I cheated on my wife. Uh, I have a drinking problem. Uh, I haven't gone to Mass uh, very regularly. Usually I'll go for Christmas and Easter, sometimes Ash Wednesday, but that's about it. Um, uh, I have uh, an addiction problem uh, with with some substances. Uh, I also use the Lord's name in vain uh, just about all day long. Um, I've lied to my brother a couple times uh, about coming over his house, you know, for dinner. I always make up an excuse. I don't want to, you know, don't want to really go over there. Um, and uh, I, 
you know, I, I, I never, never call my mom. And, uh, and I, and I, I, I know the last time I talked to her, we got into a big fight and I called her some bad names and I feel pretty bad about that. Um, but you know, it's been 12 years and I, I can't really think of all the things that, that, that I've done. I'm sure there's a lot more than that, but, um, uh, that, that's, that's all I can think of. Now I want you to notice something because you did a great job because, um, I can tell you that I've heard something very similar to this minus the stabbing part because there are times when people will come in to the sacrament of reconciliation, first off, nervous, extremely nervous because they don't know what to do. And someone who maybe was brought up Catholic and experienced it as a child, maybe they had a bad experience. And so they're automatically thinking, oh, great, this priest is going to start yelling at me. The saving grace is that they, for no, no apparent reason, other than the fact that this guy saw the light on, you know, saw that the priest was hearing confessions and thought, you know what, I'm on my lunch break. Why don't I go try this? Why? Where, you know, like, where did that come from? Well, we have to take that on grace. We have to take that on the fact that God probably is calling them back to himself. Sure. So next thing I would say is, so it's been a while. And like you said, you have done a few things and I just want a little clarification. When it comes to the gentleman that you stabbed, did you ever tell anyone or do anything about it was there any did you have any have to do anything for it uh no uh my buddy he's he was there with me he's he's the only one that knows uh and we've just never really talked about it okay and uh you've been cheating on your wife are you still cheating on her uh well um i mean not right now currently but you know like last week and would you still be able to be in contact or are you still in contact with that person? Trying not to. Trying not to. Okay. It can be difficult. I understand. Um, now, the other thing I understand about this confession is, is we've jumped from two mortal sins already to a few venial sins. And the person is equating the mortal sins with the venial sins. And I'm not saying, remember, a sin is a sin is a sin. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to say one sin is worse than the other. But the guy said, called my mom some bad names. Yeah, that That's a venial. But he feels like it's a mortal sin. Right. Like yeah. he feels horrible about it. And so we got we to gotta address it. We got to address it. So, um, so you, you know, you said some bad things to your mom. When was the last time you talked to her? Probably three years ago. Uh -huh. Is your mom still living? Yep. Think you could call her? I can try. Would you want to call her? Yeah, I think I want to. Okay. All right. So those are the major things I heard. You know, you haven't been to mass. That's fine. You know, I, I'm not going to try mm -hmm. to pester or question that because sure. if it's someone that's going to confession every week and they say, oh, I didn't go to mass last Sunday. Okay. Why didn't you go to mass last Sunday? Oh, I was sick with the flu. Yeah. I'm grateful you didn't come to mass last Sunday. <laughs> I really don't want to get the flu. Yeah. Thank you. You know, watch the mass on TV, make an act of contrition. And then it's good that you're here coming to confession, but don't feel as bad about it, you know, because you need to get healthy. Right. So I'm not going to question that. Next thing is, is I'm going to say, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Sure, go ahead. All you have to say is yes or no. You don't have to give me any explanation. You don't have to tell me anything more. I'll ask you a few questions. You just say yes or no. Because now here's the reason why I'm asking this. Sometimes, especially if someone hasn't been to the Sacrament of Reconciliation in a long time, there may be some sins that they committed that is excommunicatable. And I have to lift in the sacrament of reconciliation because the Holy Father gave us permission to do this, I have to lift that excommunication. That hmm. excommunication is abortion. When you commit the sin of abortion or you assist in the commit uh, in, in the practice of abortion, whatever it might be, whether you are giving an abortificent as a medicine, whether you are prescribing an abortificent, whether you take someone to the uh, abortion clinic or you yourself receive the abortion, you are automatically excommunicated from the church. So you have to have that excommunication lift hmm. before the priest can give absolution. So I said to um, just answer yes or no. Now, most times nobody listens to that whole part. They'll just start telling me everything. And I, I just, yes or no. Do you pray every day? Yes. Have you used God's name in vain? Yes. Have you missed mass? Yes. Have you honored? Have you dishonored your parents? Yes. Have you prayed for your parents? Yes. Have you gotten angry? 
Yes. Have you hurt others with your words? Yes. Have you made fun of others? Yes. Have you helped others have an abortion? No. Have you ha- have you had impure thoughts? Yes. Have you been impure self? Yes. Have you uh, committed oral sex or other sexual acts outside of matrimony? Yes. Have you watched pornography? Yes. Have you lied? Yes. Have you cheated? Yes. Have you stolen? Yes. Have you gossiped? Yes. Have you been jealous? Yes. Have you gotten drunk? Yes. Have you gotten high? Yes. Have you been judgmental? Yes. Have you been prideful? Yes. Have you consistently taken care of the poor? No. Is there anything else? That's all I can think of. That's why I said, don't think I'm letting that person get out of every sin. Because... Some people, these are the questions, if anybody's listening, and especially priests, these are the questions that Father Larry Richards uses. And yes, I understand. That's why I ask the person first to tell me their sins. And I use this to try to help them. That's interesting. If anybody ever says to me, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I need to confess, I will always say to them, do you mind if I ask you some questions? <laughs> because a lot of the times, like I've said before, like I said a few seconds ago, they'll start telling me everything. When I start asking these questions, do you pray every day? Well, I mean, I try. It's either yes or no. Right. But it's important because then you get to, um, have you had impure thoughts? Well, I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? Well, you know, sometimes I get these temptations just to do really, really bad things to myself and sexual things to myself. And I just don't know how, I don't know what to do. And I think that's a sin, but I'm not sure. Here's the key. The temptation in and of itself isn't the sin. It's when we take it the next step. It's when you entertain it. So you have to, I have to help walk that person through it. Yeah. So after all of hearing all of that, I would try to talk to the person and say, you know, you, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you are here for the sacrament of reconciliation because this is an important sacrament. This is an important opportunity for you. And so we have an opportunity now to come before God. You know, when we come to the sacrament of reconciliation, we don't come to the sacrament to be beat up by the priest or by God. We come to receive his grace, his love, and his mercy. You know, because we don't get come to be beat up by the priest or by God because we do that well enough to ourselves. Imagine yourself with a bucket of water. And people keep coming up to you for water. People you know, people you don't know. Sooner or later, your bucket's going to run dry. In that moment, you have two options. Either you can lie to them, give them air when what they're looking for is water. It's not going to hurt them, but it's not going to help them either. Your second option is, is you stop, you go back to the well, you fill up your bucket, and you continue to give that water out. The bucket is our soul. Our soul, after being filled with water, you know, water can cause things to corrode and become full of holes. Our soul is just like that bucket. It can sometimes get full of holes and we don't even realize it. So the water starts falling out faster. That's our sins. That's our sins. The water is the grace, the love, the mercy of Jesus Christ. The well is the sacrament of reconciliation. It's once the, 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 the bucket is run dry that we can start to see all the holes. And we give the bucket back to the one who made it, Jesus Christ, so that he can fix the holes himself, fix your bucket, then through the sacrament of reconciliation, you can fill your bucket back up and continue to give that water Hmm. back out. That water is that grace, the love, the mercy of Jesus Christ that he pours out on us in the sacrament of reconciliation. We don't come to the sacrament out of fear. We come out of love because we know he loves us so much and wants to give us the best. Don't make it another 12 years. Don't continue down this path. Because if you continue down this path, it's not going to do anything that is going to be positive for you. It will cause you more pain and more suffering. So, for your penance, all I ask that you do is you pray one Our Father. Do you think you can do that? I think so. Okay. Do you remember your act of contrition? No, I don't. But luckily, I brought it up on my phone. So there you go. That's the other thing is a lot of people never remember the act of contrition, and that's okay because mm-hmm. either it's going to be written down there for you. Uh, in in one of my three confessionals, because remember I'm at three different churches, I have it nice and big framed so that people can read it. That's the one I hear confessions in the most because it's the one that I'm at before the Saturday night mass. 
the one at the church that's right next to me, it's in a laminated card so that people can hold it and see it along with the questions that I asked so that they can see it themselves. Yeah. And um, same thing with my other confessional at the one of the other churches. So people can read it or if they know it, they can say it. Or if they just don't know what to do or they're bawling their eyes out, I'll have them just repeat after me and I'll say it. So if you want to go ahead, Vince, and give our listeners a act of contrition. Sure. And I just, I guess I'm just, I'm just, I'm Vince now. I'm not the yeah the guy in the confessional, but there are so many different acts of contrition. Yeah. You can even make up your own. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes I do just make up my own. If And that's okay. The major yeah. thing is that you tell God that you're sorry. Yes. You know, the one that I will tell uh, penitents if they can't remember is, um, oh my God, I am truly sorry. Please forgive me a sinner. Yep. You know, that's all you have to say. Mm-hmm. But, it's almost like the Jesus prayer for the Yeah, it is. And that's exactly right. And that's that's one of the best acts of contrition is the Jesus prayer. But we do have an official one if you want sure. to read whichever one you got there. Uh, all right, here we go. My God, I am sorry for my sins with all of my heart and choosing to do wrong and failing to do good. I have sinned against you, whom I should love above all things. I firmly intend with your help to do penance, to sin no more, and to avoid whatever leads me to sin. Our Savior Jesus Christ suffered and died for us. In his name, my God, have mercy. Okay, and then the priest will give the words of absolution. And so that you're not afraid, I'll say them now. But remember, everybody, this isn't an actual confession, so... No absolution is given. God the Father, mercy through the death and resurrection of his Son, has sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. Through the ministry of the church, may God grant you pardon and peace. And I absolve you from all of your sins. And this next part, everybody, the priest will make the sign of the cross over you. So make sure you bless yourself with the sign of the cross. He'll say, I absolve you from all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then depending on who the priest is uh, or what's going on, he might say something. Um, go your, uh, something along the lines of, my child, go and sin no more. And you just say thank you or whatever it might be. Sometimes they'll say, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And the response is, his mercy endures forever. Or um, go in peace, thanks be to God. It all depends on the priest. Sometimes I've heard a priest say, um, whatever sufferings you may face, whatever, whatever pain and sufferings you may face, whatever, how does it go? Whatever pain you may endure, whatever sufferings you may face may be for your sanctification. My daughter, my son, go and sin no more, whatever it is. So it, it all depends, but that's confession. Was it that scary? I can tell you right now, it was extremely scary. The first time that I went back three years ago, Sure. for those of you who didn't listen to the first episode, you know, I was raised uh, a Catholic but after eighth grade and, you know, in the diocese that I grew up in, you were confirmed and I thought I was off the hook. So I kind of just stopped going to church and it wasn't until my daughter was born a little over three years ago, we started going back. And I remember the first time going back to confession was so scary and intimidating for me, but I did it and I felt amazing afterwards. It just felt like this great weight has been lifted off my shoulders and now I try to go as often as, as I can. Um, so yeah, it, it can be scary. Yeah. But once you're in there, it's so much easier. Yeah. The hardest part is driving there yeah. and getting out of your car and going inside. Yeah. That is the hardest part. Yeah. After that, it's all downhill from there. Exactly. And it's so much easier. And so the biggest thing I would always suggest to anybody that is listening that maybe hasn't been to confession a long time or maybe never has gone, excuse me, never gone to confession, don't be afraid. Yeah. We're not, like I said in that <clears> little <throat> thing, we're, we're not there to beat the person up. We're not there to beat up the penitent. We do that well enough to ourselves. You know, in the end, we're there to impart his grace and his mercy. And so just allow the Lord to truly come into that moment. What time are we at? We're at an hour. An hour. Oh, yeah. boy. It's going a little bit longer than I thought. So just bear with us, guys. Uh, really, I guess just I got one quick question. I want yeah. to talk about one topic and we can be done. Yeah. Uh, so can the priest give a let's see so could your penance be to say say you cheated on your wife yeah and you don't want your wife to find out because you're i don't know you haven't you haven't come clean to her yeah and you're trying to keep it a secret can the priest your penance be you need to tell your wife no 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 it has to be something that is doable 
It has to be something that is easily do doable. And not incriminating to yourself. Exactly. No, turn yourself into the authorities if you murdered right. somebody. That can't, can't be do that. If you murdered someone, like I didn't tell you, you got to go and tell someone that you stabbed the guy. Right. Can't do that. What I would encourage the person, if someone came to me and said they committed murder and they truly are penitent and went to the sacrament of reconciliation, first off, I'd walk them through the sacrament of reconciliation. But then I would you know, say to them once we're done, I, I can't say anything out of here. But for the person that this happened to, you really need to turn yourself in. You really need to deal with this. That's why I kind of, I kind of didn't, obviously, if it was the actual situation of the person with all those sins, I'd want to sit down with him a little bit longer. Oh, sure. Yeah. But um, for the sake of the fact we're at one hour, you don't want to do that. But the point is like, that's kind of why I said something along the lines of, um, if you continue down this way, there will be great pain and suffering in the rest of your life. You don't want to do that. You know, the other thing of like, okay, I asked the question, of, are you still seeing this person? If you're still seeing the person, I can't give you absolution. You're not willing to stop that. Right. If I said, you are you still seeing the person? Yes. Are you willing to stop seeing this person? Yes. And you actually are sincere about it. I can't, obviously in the moment, I can't judge it a hundred percent, but I'm going to take your word because usually the fear of the priest, especially the fear of the caller in that moment, no one can lie. Honestly, when someone is truly there for the first time in a long time, and I, I've watched with my own eyes, they are so afraid, whether the priest or uh, because of the priest or whatever it might be, they're so afraid they don't want to mess up. If they're just there and they're cocky, that's a whole different story. Like you can yeah. tell right away they're not there for the right reason. But if they're there for the right reason and they're afraid, they're not going to lie. It's impossible because they just – they can't. Yeah. Hey, real quick. We're at an hour. Let's hurry up on this real last one because I think this is – this is potentially a very bad thing for yes. priests if this goes through. Yes. Uh, California Senate Bill 360 would require priests to break the seal of confession if someone confessed to abusing minors. On its face, this sounds like a good thing, doesn't sounds it? Sounds like a wonderful thing. And I, I don't think that um, people who abuse minors should just be, you know, let free. Or, right. You know, they need, there needs to be justice. Yes. yes. However, this can slope. be detrimental for priests. Real quick, Andy, why is it detrimental? First off, we can't break the seal of confession. The minute that a priest breaks the seal of confession, whatever the reason is, if the priest breaks the seal of confession, he has excommunicated himself from the church. Yep. He cannot be a priest. Second, that's a slippery slope because then um, we start talking about, well, okay, so we're requiring people, if, if you heard that you, um, you know, abused a child, well, then why not, you know, in the same way, murder, you know, if you murdered someone, the priest has to tell, he has to be going to prison or not to, not to prison, to court to testify. Right. What about, um, an accident hit and run? Well, wait a minute. You know, it, it, it's a slippery slope. Where do we stop? Where do we draw the line? Well, the point is, is that the line's already drawn for us. The priest cannot, within the sacrament reconciliation, whatever is heard is heard. He cannot ever, for whatever reason, ever break that seal. Yeah. So, I mean, we do want abusers to be reported and punished. Don't Absolutely. get me wrong. However, uh, this would prevent, most likely prevent, people from confessing these sins. Yeah. And therefore, they won't be forgiven and therefore it puts their salvation at risk. Yeah. And what is more important... Is it the American civil American legal courts and right. uh, criminal courts, or is it the salvation of, of souls? souls? That's what we're all called to do. That's that's evangelization, right? right? The whole purpose of this podcast, the whole purpose of our existence, the whole purpose of our role in the churches, uh, uh, lay people and priests, is the salvation of souls. Yes, that even, is the bottom line. Even Hitler. Even Hitler. Uh, you know, and, and, and it's it's really hard. It's people struggle with that. Yeah. I struggle with that. We want, as I mean, I think it's a kind of a natural thing. We want revenge for things. Absolutely, um, it takes a lot to forgive somebody, and but everyone deserves forgiveness, and uh, and and I, I believe this would keep people who had, who, who their salvation is at risk. From you know confessing. where they have this problem already, is it's already gone through the court system in Australia. Really? Yeah, yeah, and so first off. Priests are going to probably go to jail if this go, if this if this in our country goes nationwide, 
I'll be the first in prison. Yeah. I don't care. I, I mean, I, it doesn't matter. You can't force me to tell uh, for me to tell what happened in the sacrament reconciliation. I'm not going to get excommunicated. I'm not going to lose my soul over your law, which is unjust. Yep. Second, um, there's an easy way around this. I don't have to know who comes in the confessional. Remember the old boxes? The old confessional boxes? Yeah, can you go back to that? You don't have to know who it is. We can easily install, like for instance, if you put in frosted glass where you can't see the person and we install some sort of voice modification so that they can't, I can't recognize your voice. How, what is it, how are you going to report it anyway? Exactly. No. Exactly. There's no way to know. Hmm. I don't need to know who says it. It doesn't matter. You know, that's, that's the beauty of the old style confessional boxes. People want to go face to face. It's a it's a viable option. I think it's more detrimental to the priests because anybody can accuse me of anything in there. Yeah. You saw the confessional here. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Anybody could accuse me of anything. Now, I'm not stupid, and I'm also not interested in anything like that, so I'm not going to make any advances or anything stupid like that. But the point is, is that anybody could accuse a priest of anything in those confessional rooms. The old-style boxes protected the priests a lot yeah true all right we better wrap it up i wanted i really wanted to get that that point across yeah uh on why we don't like we don't want that no it's not good it's not a good bill it sounds good it's trying to do something good it's trying to prevent all this insanity yeah, yeah, there's from definitely happening good again. intentions absolutely there's so many good intentions to it yes but we also have to look at the baseline there and and there are other ways that this can be dealt with yep yep and if you want to know the truth, it's rare that you're going to hear in confession that you've abused a child until the person's actually caught and in prison. Because the person that's doing it usually doesn't come to confession because they don't see it as a problem. Until the person sees it as a problem, then there's they're not going to come to confession. Yeah, typically it's once they're in cuffs. Yeah. It's normally something psychological that goes goes along with that. Right. Uh, Anyway, we're, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Real quick call to action. Uh, go, to go to confession. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we both said it at the same time because it's important. <laughs> Jinx. Go to confession. Go once a month. If you're afraid, go find a priest. Tell them you're afraid. They're not going to yell at you. Or laugh at you. Or laugh at you. Yeah, it'll be fine. It's fine. There's nothing to be afraid of. Just go to confession. Cool. All right. Well, I guess we're going to end it here. Like go and subscribe. Yeah. Oh, website. Yeah. Like, subscribe. Like phone call. Subscribe all that fun stuff check out our website check the notes of this episode because we're gonna have a lot of notes in this one yeah we're gonna have a lot of stuff in this one because i have a few things in pdf form that i want people to see so if you need anything let us know give us a call send us an email god bless bye